What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Dev Talks, where we talk about everything engineering and technology-wise with your host, Travian. Back for another episode, and this one, we're really going to talk about something that really impacts society, some stuff that's been going on, some very recent, some that's been really um, maturing as time goes on and stuff. So we're really going to dive into it. Thanks for all the support. As I said, I'm trying to get back into here. I have a lot of editing to do. I have a lot of other stuff to do for this podcast to try to help it grow and things like that. But the main thing that helps is for everybody to share, like, and subscribe. Man, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You don't know how much uh, because this podcast is pretty much my little project, my little baby, and I love it and it helps me learn more. And I, as I said, that's the purpose of it. Hopefully you guys can take stuff with it, agree, disagree with whatever, or even update me on things. So very appreciative of it all. So let's dive into this episode where we talk about AI in school and limiting social media. Now back into it. Last week was amazing. If you guys don't remember, uh, we covered the Apple event and really went through all that stuff. Go check out that episode because that episode has a lot of information into it has a lot of my views into it and it is one of the longer ones but hopefully you guys can sit there and just relax to everything as you listen to it and stuff but this episode we're going to get more into how society impacts certain things and my takes on it and how it should be handled and going from there so basically the first things first is ever since the whole chat gpt thing came out and ai this and ai that and AI, AI, AI kept being said and things. Um, education, especially like in colleges and every level, uh, it affected them a lot in a way. Now, in a way, you can kind of say AI made it easier for certain students to cheat. In another way, some people use this as a resource. Some people use it for other different kinds of forms and things like that. But it really changed education as a whole, I believe, and it's going to make it either worse or better. It really depends on how it gets handled and how the whole situation is handled and where we kind of go from from here. So one of the first things is that I noticed is when this was first released, teachers would start putting their questions on their homeworks and test into chat gpt for example because that was the most known one so more people are going to go run into that see the answers that would be returned from there and then if your answer was very similar to that then you would get points knocked off of course they, they would catch you for cheating and using ai to just do your homework it's not typically fair and you're not really learning anything at that kind of aspect because you're really not you're just putting in an answer hoping it pops back out but one of the things that is really bad about this whole um thing is not every teacher used every single ai think bot that's out like you have bard bot you have the bing bot there's so many other ones that a student could still go to that's not chat gpt yeah you covered the main one but what about these other ones these other ones are going to produce different answers and then there's going to come to a point to where you cannot exclude all three of like say a student used any of these three things 
and they all output slightly different answers. I'm sure, and I promise you, you're going to end up with students that end up with answers similar to it, regardless of plugging in in AI or not, uh, which is going to be the first issue because they can end up facing consequences when they didn't end up doing it. Or you're going to get such a mixed answers from all three of these bots because they are not the same. They weren't trained 100% the same and things like that, that you're having too much of a variety to tell if somebody's cheating or not. And it can really become very difficult in this kind of aspect for, um, for like your homeworks and tests and them using it on a test is wicked anyways, but if it's watched in class, maybe it, it would be easier to pay attention, but open note tests, it just makes open note tests way easier. Somebody doesn't have to look through the book anymore. They could just ask their AI and see what answers they get back and put that on the test or try to reword it in their own way and things like that. But that's pretty much what's going to come back. But, and there's a big but, is these chatbots aren't always 100% right. Especially like that whole stuff when the Bing bot first came out and things during the spring semesters uh, for college and the end of the school years for high schools and all the other schools. It wasn't correct about every single answer. It wasn't outputting the right, correct stuff. Uh, there's a lot of things that just were wrong with it. So now you could be either a teacher that plugs something in and you say, oh, they're cheating if they, get, uh, if they put this answer on. But you can also have that student that, yeah, they cheated, but the answer is still wrong. Or if even if it is open book and you can use whatever notes you have, students are still getting provided the wrong information because the AI just isn't mature enough. It's not ready to fully pass every single exam. Yes, these AI bots do pass exams and things like that, but it's not fully mature yet in that aspect for students to get something that's really usable and always right and possibly even helpful for them to be able to get these correct answers and things. So my take on it is basically don't use it just find the answer to your problem. You cannot use these chatbots for that, but you can use these chatbots in a way to learn in a more broad spectrum. And what I mean by this is be more descriptive and generic with what you're asking it so that it can give you a kind of guide to basically plan out how to learn whatever topic you're learning about, whether it's a coding language or if it's something about geology or bio or physics and things like that. If you need a lesson plan really uh, built out, you can do that. You can feed it constant uh, information because in, in ChatGPT, it has a prompt thing and it remembers everything that you asked it previously within that uh, one prompt so you can end up building onto it until you get a lesson plan that you really works for you that's fit for you it's not one that the teacher threw at you and these answers may not be put on the test and you end up studying all the stuff that you weren't supposed to study but you can get something that's more fit to how you like to learn 
how and the style that you want a lesson plan and things like that. And actually, I'm about to do something similar with this uh, because I'm in the process of learning Swift because in the last episode of the podcast, if you guys don't remember when the Vision Pro came out, I said I was developing something and I have an idea and I'm going to talk about it more later once when it's more in fruition, but I'm going to be learning a, a language and seeing how that really goes out. So I might ask ChatGPT or some one of the bots to kind of develop some type of lesson plan that I can kind of go off of, but also that's that fits for me. That that's gonna work for me. Uh, I'm not asking it generic question, uh, certain questions, very specific questions, because I don't want to run the risk of learning something the incorrect way, especially with all the documentation and stuff that's out there. Uh, I can figure out a lot or I can go look up a lot and I can practice a lot of different stuff. So I won't have to really worry about it on that kind of aspect, but that is a big deal. That is a possibility. That is something that we can come across and can happen. So that is one way that I I plan on using it. And I believe a lot of students should use it or be encouraged to use it this way by it, it does take work to build it, but it'll print it out and then it will take even more work just to actually use the plan that is given to you. I have seen YouTubers make certain videos on how to create lesson plans. There's a lot of great videos out there on how to prompt stuff correctly and things like that. So there, there's a lot of information out there for you to do that. And teachers should be telling their students, this is how you use the app instead of trying to cheat their way through and just get the exact answers. Then this is something that I'm going to go more into detail towards the end because I want to talk about more ways that you can use this AI, these AI bots first. I feel like I haven't talked about AI in a while, but at the same time, I did have a little bit of a break. So maybe that's why. Hmm. Okay. But now next to the next thing, you also can, I had a friend, he was working on a certain project for school. Uh, it's more it was more of a niche project where you get to choose whatever you wanted to work on, but it had to be within a certain confine of languages and things like that. So making, he's making a certain type of web page and certain stuff wasn't coming out exactly right. So all he did was, mind you, uh, you can post code into ChatGPT so it can have, be familiarized with all your variables and things like that that you're using. And then... Once when you post the code and it's familiarized with everything that is within the page that you're working on and where you're having a problem, you can ask more specific questions. Like in this case, like how would I take this code and reorder the menu options in the project or something? Like I don't want to give exactly the project that he was working on and things like that. It's his own thing. It was for school. But you can do stuff like that and then it will prompt ideas out on how to do it and how code and code fixes you can switch or code that you can add into your code there to be able to have such thing be true. And we did try certain stuff off of that. I remember he was using it and that's how he was trying to get help from it. And he used it in that kind of a way. And then some stuff worked, but not everything worked. There were still things that he had to figure out uh, he had to figure out where to exactly place it, everywhere, where he needed it to go. Uh, some of the code worked, 
but it didn't work 100%. It only worked for certain things, but not other things. And then you have to try to replicate it in a way or switch it so that it can still work. So it's still a learning process. And it's not, especially for coding and projects like that, it's not 100% correct for this. This is why you can't ask it to do everything because it may not work 100% of the time. So there are a lot of ways to get around this. There's a lot of things that you can do, but this is definitely one of the ways that you can actually go about working on projects, learning, and things like that because you don't want to always take the output that it's going to give you because the output may not always be good. So everybody needs to be aware about that. But at some cases, the outputs could be right. They could be true. They could be very true. And it could harm education in a way too for cheating in that aspect and stuff. But who knows? Uh, who knows how that's going to play out? Because so that's why I really wanted to ask you guys, uh, especially in the education field, do you think that chatbots should be banned in school or limited? Based on what I've said so far, I would like them like it to be limited. I don't want it to be something that can be banned because I can see it as a tool that can be very, very useful. At the end of the day, we live in different times than we lived in 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and 20 years ago. School and education has changed so much, especially as technology grows. Uh, education changes, a lot of other stuff changes. Some stuff becomes easier, some stuff may be trickier, tricky to find out. But you, I believe it can create very good lesson plans and it can help a lot of students study and learn as well. So instead of putting on your homework and exams not to use these AI things to cheat, you can instead teach your students how to use it so that they can learn these concepts and things like that. Or like, imagine having your first question on your homework. How would you use, use the chatbot or ChatGPT to develop some kind of way for you to get to the answer, like a bunch of different steps on how to do the problem, how to, uh, find ways to learn about how to do the problem and stuff like that. And then you say, once when you use it for that, then you say for the next questions without using the AI, solve these problems far away. So you can do that for a refresher. So students can use that to learn in the way, because I feel like that would be way more engaging and interactive with students rather than just being like, don't use it because then students are just going to look at it and use it and find ways to use it until somebody gets caught. And then that's the one time they got caught and things like it would just be, I feel like it would just be a lot better to do it in that sense, because then they would be able to, besides what they were taught in class, they have a guide to teach themselves as well too. Uh, so they, it works hand in hand. I don't believe they should be banned. If you ban it, it, I feel like you're not moving towards the future, especially with education, things can be stalled. And that's not really right. So I believe that's the main problem. These teachers and academic people should just be teaching the people under them on how to use these tools as resources and these resources as tools uh, to better their education rather than to harm it. Because 
a lot of other people are saying, oh, these kids who graduate using AI and stuff, they're not going to really know how to be doing their jobs because they're just looking up the quick answers. You can't do that. You have to help them because their students learn, use these tools to learn. And I'm not talking about how you see YouTube videos and be like, get rich quick with AI, this AI. No, we're not talking about that. We are talking about real problems, real issues, and things like that. So that's where we're going to go with, and that's where we're going to come from. So that's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that pretty much covers the whole using AI in education. Let me know what you guys think about that. If you have any ideas, remember, do you think it should be banned? Do you think it should be limited? Or do you think students should just be free to use it however they want to use it? Uh, at the end of the day, especially in college, you're an adult in college. Do what you want. You're going to do what you want regardless. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. But a lot of the younger kids can definitely benefit from these. It's kind of limited style, I believe, and using it that way. Uh, but... Yeah, let me know what you guys think down below in the comments or anywhere else. Just reach out. Let me know what you think. And we're on to the next topic. This topic now. Very recent. Uh, a lot of stuff was going about when Elon started talking about Twitter limiting the posts that their users can use for like data scape scraping uh, purposes. So first day that he announced this. He said something about verified users can use view. And this is just viewing posts. View 6,000 posts a day. Unverified can view 600 posts a day. And new users can view 300 posts a day. And a lot of people, when this first came out, seemed like it was a big issue. Like, oh, this isn't enough, blah, blah, blah. The paid people get to view more posts. Well, of course they can view more posts because they're paying for the platform. And social media, it's already hard enough for the companies to make money uh, besides advertisements and stuff. And Elon, when he first bought this uh, application and stuff like that, buying Twitter, they were not making money. So he's found a way for them to make more money and try to find a way to become more profitable in things. And this would, this is like, he did say temporary, and this is a temporary thing. It could have been a worse thing if it was permanent. I feel like there would have been way more outrage about this. But there were memes and stuff about people being like laughing at him for running out of post to view. But you, you're on social media, and I'm, I'm gonna go deeper into how I feel about this in a second, but. The next day or a few hours later, uh, sometime later, then Elon updated it and said that verified users can view 8,000 posts, unverified can view 800, and new can view 400. And then a little bit later after that, he then said verified can view 10,000, unverified can view 1,000, and new users can view 500 so obviously this is for he's testing something he's trying to get data on certain things and he's really working around some things one thing that i do like about elon he's very out there on social media especially on twitter he's very out there telling about what he 
is doing there. He seems very open about some of these updates and things, and a lot of people view it and make a big deal about a lot of the stuff he does on the platform, but he definitely is very transparent, kind of, as far as, like, things like this. Like, because, you know, if he didn't say anything and then people just couldn't view posts anymore, then it would be an issue. And everybody would be like, oh my gosh, Twitter's out. What am I going to do with myself? And things like that, because he didn't share that. He didn't share that knowledge that they were doing that with this information with the public and verified and unverified users or new users. He did. He wouldn't have shared none of this. So it would have been impossible. So moving on from that, I actually like the idea of limiting posts that certain users can view. One, I'll kind of sound like a corporate man saying this, but it makes sense. It makes sense for social media to limit posts in a way to find more way for them to make money because that's just a business thing. I can understand if if I can understand it if they're using this to scale their business up more or do whatever they were going to do as far as that. So, one I can understand that. Two, I tend to want to stay off of social media some it kind of can back it can like stunt you from pro- being productive and stunt your pro- productivity and things like that i kind of use social media somewhat as a news source so like twitter i would have minded that little post thing on twitter i probably view about 10 posts a day maybe like at most but i don't really use twitter that much but like on Instagram, I may view more. I might may view like 50 to 100 something posts, including reels or whatever. TikTok, I don't even use. And yeah, so it wouldn't have affected me, but I can see how a lot of people it could affect, especially people who are on these social media platforms for hours and hours and hours and hours a day. I can also see how it can affect creators. If creators are getting mentioned a lot or they have a lot going on and they're just on the platform and they just couldn't see posts from their supporters anymore, that's kind of messed up. But then hopefully these platforms would just be able to verify these creators so that they can just be able to view more because there are the load of posts that are targeted towards them is so much more uh against normal people uh so in a way that that's another way on how that can kind of make sense uh i believe a lot of people should be off social media a lot and should really limit themselves there so they can be more creative and work on things that they're passionate about like if i was on social media all day i probably wouldn't have time to record and edit a podcast or something or work on all the other tasks that I'm doing. I just found this new like productivity planner thing that I'm working on and it it limits screen time too. It sucks that I'm just staring at screens a lot because of being a software engineer or making videos and editing. I do stare at a screen a lot and occasionally I watch TV and things. So, and then I'm outside or at the gym and I'm not staring at a screen then, but you you do stare at a screen a lot and i believe it limits the time that's why i tend to put timers on my social media apps so i can kind of stay away from it 
and focus on other things that are more important uh, because it's not real at the end of the day. Uh, real life is real and I want to work on things that I want to work on. So limiting posts could end up leading to more people finding other things to do and do things that they actually want to do. It will distract them less because a lot of these posts are just meaningless and distractions uh, at the end of the day. If you guys don't agree with that, then by all means, let me know. But I believe a lot of posts are they're just distractions. They're not anything real besides that. And they're just there to just distract you and take you out of whatever element that you are in right now. And for me to be able to be at the top that I'm going to be at and focus at, get the focus that I need to be at, I need to limit the distractions that are in my life. So I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I'm, I'm fine with that aspect. So let me know what you guys think. If you want to get rid of these distractions and things, you can use technology. There's apps to limit the distractions and limit your time on apps and things. Apple, I know you can limit apps individually and put timers on all of it and limit your screen time. This is all stuff that I want to more or less work towards, even though I, especially because I'm on the screen a lot. Maybe that's a little bit biased, but that is one of the things that are because a lot of people are consumed by social media and things. But that's it for today. Let me know you guys' thoughts about both of the topics. Let me know if you want to guys want to hear more, what you want to hear about next. I appreciate you all so, so much. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and definitely share it. Share it to everybody who you think would be interested, who will be useful to, and all of that. Just let me know. We'll see how it goes. When this podcast grows, I want to bring it to the camera. I want to come live. I want everybody to see who's behind this and maybe even bring more people on. It depends on how big this gets. It depends on how great it gets, but I really want the best for everybody out there. I want the best for this platform. I want the best for the community. So let's all rise up together. Peace out. See you guys next week.